So, yeah, this morning we've got the children in the room, which I think is brilliant because in our family we kind of, we do everything together. We sing, we laugh, we cry, we eat, we sometimes pray and we play and we do it together. So um, I like it when they're in the room because it, it feels good. And any parents with little ones that make noise, please don't worry. Please don't feel like you need to shush them because, you know... Children are noisy, and if Omar, if you need to get up and release some air at any point, feel free to walk around. It's all good. Like, just please feel comfortable. We're a family, and it's all it's all good. Yes, amen. Okay, and kids, you're probably not listening, but if you are, at some point I'm going to mention an animal. Okay, and listen out because if you the first one that comes up to me at the end that tells me what that animal was, I might have a prize. I've got a prize. There you go. All right? So, listen up. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, so we're continuing the series on the Gentle and Lowly book, uh, chapter 19 in the book, and it's all about mercy. Um, And it hangs on the verse in Ephesians 2, 4. It says, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. Lord, we just... um, yeah, I want to give this to you, Father. I don't want this to be anything other than about you and for you, Lord. We just, we love you and we want to honour you. And Lord, if there's anything you want to say, please use me in this, Lord. I don't want to kind of let an ego or anything else get in the way, Lord. We want this to just be all about you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so a few weeks ago we went to uh, Pleasurewood Hills. Hopefully you all know it. It's Lowestoft's biggest attraction. Uh, fun for all the family. Um, and there, there's a ride. It's basically a big blue water slide. It kind of does this sort of thing. Um, and it's, it's not the best ride, let's be honest, but it, it's, it's a big statement ride for them. Um, and we went and we were all excited and we were like, oh, let's go on this. Brilliant. And it was closed, as quite a lot of the rides were. But there was a guy at the bottom and he said, oh, we'll be open in a minute. So we waited and waited and waited and waited. And eventually... We were allowed on, and so my son George and his uh, cousin Edwards, they were first in line, and so they've been waiting a long time for this. Um, the the ride lasts about two seconds normally, but it was it was big. The, the anticipation was growing, and um, eventually they got they get on they get in these little rubber dinghy things, and they sit in, and then the bloke pushes them off. Like here we go, ride of our life, and it kind of just like squeaked down and then got stuck on the first flat which after that long of waiting was yeah quite an anticlimax um but the boys loved it they were like yes we're famous we've been stuck on a ride this is amazing um and then this poor lad who probably wasn't much older than george had to um like get down in another boat and push them the rest of the way um yeah eventually they got down and it was uh it was a good moment, wasn't it, George? Lots of people cheering that they got saved. Uh, and it was great fun. And then after that, it reminded me, um, and I told them a story, which probably wasn't a good parenting story to tell. Um, so a few years back, me and my friends actually broke into Pleasure Hills late at night. Um, we didn't do any damage. We didn't break anything. We didn't steal anything, burn anything, anything like that. We just wanted to have a look around. And... It's really easy to break into. <laughs> um, 
and if you go on the train, you can still see where I got in. Um, yeah, and so we, we went in a couple of times, actually. But we went in, just walked around. That was fun. And then I was like, I want to go on that ride. And it was an icy, cold night. Um, there was no dinghies. So I just thought, well, I'll just slide down. Surely it's like a water slide. Man, the burns on your bum. You go on an icy slide like that is pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I was, telling, I was telling my kids this story. And then I realized my mum's standing next to me, shaking her head. <laughs> I had no idea. And she just said, I'm just so glad I didn't know what you were doing. Um, which got me thinking. Is I, I, was, I was very good at kind of hiding things from my parents and uh, not letting them see what I was really up to. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> and I just thought, imagine if everything we did was published. You couldn't hide it. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't hide from it. You couldn't lie about it. You couldn't deceive anyone about what you really did. Imagine if that was all there, the world to see. And then imagine what if all the thoughts in your head. Yeah, Martin. <laughs> I saw your face. It's pretty horrendous, isn't it? If you think actually what goes on in our heads. Um, I think the shame would just be pretty, pretty awful, wouldn't it? Um, but thankfully, on earth, we don't have to deal with that with our peers, do we? We don't have to go through all that and come clean about everything. Um, but God sees it all. He knows it all. He knows what's in our heart. He knows what we're, what we're thinking, what we're doing. Um, and yeah, so it's quite a scary thought. But God... Has, he has every right to strike me down, to be fair. He has every, strike, every right to punish me, to you know, make an example of me. But he delights in showing us mercy. And that's what, that's what mercy is, is that he has the ability, he has the power to punish me, yet he chooses not to. He chooses to show ridiculous amounts of compassion. Um, I definitely do not deserve the life God has given me. Uh, I've got the, I genuinely have the best job in the world. I love my job. I have a beautiful, wonderful wife uh, and two incredible children that just enrich me and enrich my life so much, more than I could have ever imagined. Um, and I think we get caught up with our worldly things and what's what we're dealing with in life. And I think we actually, mercy almost becomes a bit of a cliche, almost becomes, we become blasé about it. Um, so we know Jesus died on the cross for us. Yep, our sins are forgiven. Yep, he shows us mercy. He could he could punish us, but he doesn't. He's good. Yay! Good? No, it's bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. So much bigger than that. God loves us so much, he gave his only son to die on the cross for us. That's, but that, what an egg. That's ridiculous. All that shame and guilt we should, we should feel, we don't have to because he's just ridiculous. His mercy is just unreal. It's like you can't, I can't like, I'm not eloquent enough to do this <laughs> because it just blows me away when I start thinking about it. It is God plus nothing. No amount of anything we can do makes us more worthy. We're not worthy. But he... He loves us. <sighs> nothing, nothing compares to him. Uh, the new Norwich manager, that's a big deal in my world right now. 
but doesn't come close to him. Whether Tilly Ramsey gets kicked out of Strictly, whether your friend at school has the latest games on their latest iPhones, it's all irrelevant, it's all nothingness. The, the, God's mercy, God's love is just, it, it, it's a big deal. Okay, it's a really big deal and it's, it changes things, it changes our lives. Um, and what's incredible is that he shows it every day. He shows us new mercies every day. Um, in Psalm 103, David says, he redeems me from death and crowns me with tender mercies. And I've, I've read that and I thought, I, I actually, I wish that he would, it, there was a physical crown on my head because maybe we'd remember things then. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you had a big fat crown on your head covered in jewels, maybe we'd, uh, maybe we'd remember. Um, but every day I forget it, I forget, and I make the same silly mistakes, same silly decisions that I made yesterday. But he just keeps giving more and more mercy. Now there's a section in the book, uh, it says this. Perhaps you have difficulty receiving the rich mercy of God in Christ, not because of what others have done to you, but because of what you have done to, to, to torpedo your life. Maybe through one big stupid decision or maybe through 10,000 little ones. You have squandered his mercy and you know it. Do you not, do you know what Jesus does with those who squander his mercy? He pours out more mercy. God is rich in mercy. The classic uh, bedtime routine, I'm sure in lots of households, is you give your, your child a kiss and you say, I love you. And then maybe you give him a butterfly kiss, maybe some other kisses, and then you say, I love you. No, I love you more. No, I love you more than that. No, I love you more. I love you one more than you can ever say. It's one of them classic things, but what's amazing is that we, God wins that every time. You know, our, our children have no idea how much we love them until they have their own children. You just don't get it, do you? But God loves us even more than that. Um... So uh, last weekend, a couple of weekends ago, I don't know, um, I was listening to a talk by Natalie Williams, who I think she's come here, hasn't she, before. Um, she's part of the Jubilee Plus group. Um, she was talking about this, the kind of talk about food banks and social action projects, that sort of thing. And um, she's saying lots of people do good things. So what's the difference with us as Christians doing these things? And she said, people of God carry three things, mercy, power and hope. And that is what sets us apart. And I think people that haven't fully grasped, I don't know if we can ever truly fully grasp, but if we haven't fully grasped the, you know, the amazing mercyfulness of God, we, we, think he's, we think he's mean, we think he's tight-fisted, we think that we don't, we, we don't, we set, we're settling for less. We're not really appreciating it. And we can't do, we can't do it justice. So I... And if we don't appreciate this, then I don't think we can truly be a merciful people. We can't show people the mercy that they deserve if we don't grasp this. Um, and in some parts of society, uh, I guess the, the church has quite a, you know, a bad reputation, possibly. Possibly rightfully so in some parts. Um, and this in turn, you know, people associate church with God. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we are his hands and feet. We represent him here on earth. 
And I guess this could ruffle a few feathers. Um, but we've all heard the kind of the things that are said. The church hates gay people. Uh, we're institutionally racist. The church is full of people that look in a, and act a certain way. We're not really accepting people. People often go to church and they feel shame. They feel condemnation, unaccepted, unloved, unwelcome. And that you have, to have, you have to have achieved certain things before you really fit in. If that's what we project, I'm not saying us, I'm not saying just us as a church. This is kind of what I, what I, when I talk to people, these are often the things that kind of get mentioned about church. Um, and I think probably, to be fair, the church for a long time has maybe misunderstood the mercy of God and and the power that that mercy gives us. Um, yesterday at Rob's Thanksgiving service, Ian, Jenny's brother, was telling us about the work that Rob did um, with AIDS and HIV and all that sort of stuff. And and when I was around Chris's last night, we, we were talking with Jim about more about that and amazing work he did. But he was stuck in the middle. The gay community, he's standing up for the gay community, so he was getting, he's getting aggro amongst church people because he was standing up for the gay community. But then the gay community were angry at him because he was a Christian, because at some point they had been hurt by church, they'd judged and felt the pain. Um, if that's anyone here's experience of church, then I apologize that you've felt that, because that's not what God wants us to do. God doesn't want us to be a people that judge or ranks sin in certain orders. Um, but it's, it is really difficult sometimes to show mercy, isn't it? It can be really difficult. Um, so I know thieves. I know rapists. I know pedophiles. Um, I know a couple of people that have taken another's life. Um, and that's, it's really hard to not think about what they've done. Um, but that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to judge. We're not called to rank their sin. We all sin. Um, Jesus was sent as a sacrifice to be tortured and nailed to that cross for us, us, the human race. It doesn't say that he didn't die for people that sin. It doesn't say that people that maybe sometimes tell lies are okay. But arsonists aren't. Doesn't say that. That's not the deal. He died on the cross so everyone could be set free. We don't have to be silly about it. We don't have to put ourselves in silly positions with, or at risk with certain people. Um, but what we do have to do is be merciful and just show love. And unless we truly, truly understand how merciful God is, we just can't do it. Um, I'm not going to sing this song, but I'm going to just read some lyrics from it. Um, actually, some people don't like this song because it talks about reckless love. Uh, and I know that people say that God's love isn't reckless. It's, it is what it is, but I don't really care. I think it's, it's really good lyrics. Um, yeah, Reckless Love by Corey Asprey. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending reckless love of God. It chases me down. Fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. 
still you give yourself away. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. He's way more articulate than me, so I like that. God works at his pace. He's molding us. He's refining us. He's, he's changing us every day, isn't he? That's what we want. We want to be changed every day. And he's doing that because he wants us to tell people about Jesus. That's the commission, isn't it? That's, the, that's our, our role. Um, we just need to realize really how merciful he is. Um, for those of you that don't know Jesus, that haven't maybe accepted him into your life, um, I'm not going to do a spiel about it because I, I don't feel like I need to sell Jesus to you. Um, but please come and talk to me because, man, he's good. Jesus is so good. And I want to tell you all about him because he's brilliant. Um, Omar, Julian, can you come back up? Is that all right? Thanks. Um, yeah, the song we're going to play actually got played yesterday at uh, Rob's thing. And these lyrics are, again, I could just put these lyrics, just read these lyrics and it just sums up where we are. This song, uh, I play a lot, I sing a lot. Uh, in the morning because it just sets me up for the day it's like i use it as a declaration and just this is actually i heard something good the other day we um we had we opened up food bank on wednesday night we're not giving out food we just opened the doors to see what would happen and um and it was really nice only one person came and at first i was really gutted but it was perfect for that one person and um i actually played this song and we were talking about declaring and how Actually, scientifically, it's, like, it's proven if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it creates pathways in your head. And so I think declarations are powerful things. So I would, I'd recommend that. I'd recommend that. And I would recommend this song to you. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to read these couple of verses that uh, have kind of stuck out to me this week. Uh, in Mika 7, it says, Where is another God like you who pardons the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of his special people? You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love. And in Lamentations, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 